This is AgriPulse Open Mic, brought to you by Syngenta. More than 26,000 people in over 90 countries who are helping the world's farmers grow more from less. Syngenta believes that farmers can produce enough to meet the world's needs and safeguard our planet if we link technology, land, and people, the foundation of a sustainable production system focusing on strong rural economies and resource efficiency. See all they're doing at Syngenta.com. Michael Skuse, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Oh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Sarah, you want to start the questions? We'd like to ask you about the expiration of the Farm Bill and the impacts that it's having at USDA. Can you tell us some of the programs where you're starting to see the unavailability of funds having an actual impact on your ability to deliver programs? Uh, sure, Sarah. There's, there's, there's impacts across all of USDA, but in the uh, one particular mission area that I'm responsible for, which is the Foreign Agricultural Service, uh, I think two of the biggest impacts there would be for the market access program and the foreign market development program. Uh, these programs expired. These are programs that our cooperators rely on to keep offices open and staffed in foreign countries to help them promote their products. Uh, so with the expiration of those products and, and the, uh, the, the funding uh, not available, uh, it's going to have a, a really big impact on the job that uh, they are able to do. Uh, and, it, you know, if you look at what these, these programs mean, um, you know, to put it in proper context, for every dollar that we spend uh, in these programs, there's a $35 return on investment. And I don't know where you can get that anyplace else in or outside of government. Uh, so it's a, it's a huge loss, and it's a loss right now that uh, we can ill afford. We just finished the four best years of agricultural trade that this country has ever had, last year being a record. This year will be close to that record. The projections for next year are at $143 billion, which will be a new record year for agricultural trade. Uh, so, and, and, you know, we have this agricultural surplus that helps us with our trade imbalance. Uh, so we really need those programs at this time, and they're not going to be available to us unless Congress passes a farm bill uh, when they go back during the lame duck session. Let me come at this from a different perspective. If we have these high numbers and high values, do we really need to do as much trade promotion as we've done in the past? Sure. Uh, every day we face new barriers from, from countries uh, in getting our products into their consumers. Uh, and these programs help us break down those barriers, help us communicate with their government officials as well as their government or their business community uh, on, on how important these products are and what the, the American products can do for their country. Uh, so we really do need to, to be spending the money at this time. And it's not just big corporations and big companies. A lot of times we're helping the smaller producers out uh, getting their products into to these countries as well. So uh, these, these, these programs are extremely important for agricultural trade uh, and uh, market development. So what's your best bet on whether or not we're going to see a farm bill by the end of this year? I'm hopeful that now that the election is over, that uh, we can put the partisanship aside and work in a bipartisan matter to, to hopefully 
get uh, a vote on the House floor for a farm bill uh, and go into conference during the lame duck session. Um, you know, it's important that we have this farm bill before they leave Washington. Um, you know, January rolls around. Uh, there's a lot of things that uh, with, uh, you know, the fiscal cliff, it, if they don't uh, solve that in the lame duck session, what impact that will have. Uh, if we kick the can down the road and we wait till next spring to have a farm bill, what will the new baseline be? Uh, will there be as much money to write a farm bill next spring as there is currently today? Um, so, I mean, there's just so many unknowns. So I know that the farm community wants them to, to pass a farm bill during the lame duck session. I know the president called on them as well as Secretary Vilsack to pass a farm bill last summer uh, when we needed it during the, the devastating drought that we experienced throughout the United States. So uh, hopefully they'll do something when they go back for lame duck. Before we move to other areas, I'd just like to ask you one more thing in this. If you don't get that money coming through a new farm bill, do you have a shutdown strategy for some of these people in foreign countries? Well, you know, what we've we have told the cooperators that we have the money that we can we've carried over from 12 that they can continue to spend until that runs out. But let me be clear, that money's going to run out the first of the year. Once that money runs out, um, there is no fallback strategy. We cannot fund programs that do not exist. Uh, so it's going to result in, uh, in the cooperators uh, laying off some staff and closing some offices in the foreign countries. There's nothing that we can do to prevent that. Now, one other farm bill related question. You've toured a lot of the drought ravaged sections of the country this last year, and you know that farmers have relied heavily on crop insurance as a tool to help make themselves partially whole from the disastrous conditions that they faced. What's the forecast for how high indemnities might go this year? Sarah, it's really still early to tell because we're still getting the numbers in. Uh, harvest in some areas of the United States is still going in. But I can say this, though, that our, our loss ratio has been declining. Um, in many areas, it was not as bad as what we had originally expected it to be. So that number uh, continues to decline, um, but it's still way too early to, to, to project or predict what, what the final number will be. Uh, but it has come down from what our earlier expectations were. I understand that uh, Russia is on your radar right now. You'll be traveling to Russia. You'll be working with them on uh, integrating themselves more into the world market. Sure. Russia became a, a member of the WTO this year. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for us to go to Russia uh, to start uh, making some contacts and trying to open up some doors uh, for our agricultural products. Uh, right now, I believe we're taking uh, 24 U.S. companies, uh, different types of agricultural uh, companies and products, different size companies. Uh, seven departments of agriculture will also be accompanying me on uh, this particular trip. Uh, so I, I think it's a, a great opportunity for us to start working with uh, Russian businesses as well as Russian government officials uh, to look at getting U.S. products into, uh, into Russia. So uh, there's a great deal of optimism and, uh, and hope for this trade mission. What about permanent normal trade relations with Russia in, in terms of uh, trying to move that through Congress? What's the status? 
Well, that, again, that's a great question, and, and uh, personally, I was hoping that that issue would be solved uh, before I visited Russia, and there's still that possibility, when, and that's another issue that uh, Congress may work on when they come back for the lame uh, duck session, but uh, it's an issue that we have to get resolved uh, if we are going to have uh, full trade with uh, Russia and then hold them accountable uh, to WTO standards, uh, that's an issue that uh, the, the permanent normal trade relations, that has got to be resolved uh, if we're going to hold them to the same standards as we do other countries that are WTO members. So I was hoping it would be resolved before I go to Russia. There's still a chance that it will be, uh, but uh, it is something that uh, they're going to have to deal with sooner or later. Michael, as you look at the coming uh, year and the budget crunch that the agency is under, do you see that you're going to have to uh, serve with less money and less people in the future? Well, we've been serving uh, with with less money and with fewer people. I think what one thing that's not recognized is that since 2002, the Farm Service Agency has downsized its workforce by about 30 percent. And this past year, uh, we consolidated 125 offices. So we have been, in fact, doing more with less. Now, going forward, we're also making plans uh, to allow our staff uh, to, to, to do a better job of serving our customers uh, by implementing the modernization project called MIDAS. Uh, we hope to get that started after the first of the year. It'll streamline and make more efficient the way that our county offices are doing business. And on top of that, we're also looking at doing the acreage crop reporting streamlining initiative uh, after we get MIDAS implemented, which will allow uh, our farmers to do a crop report at either their farm service agency office or with their crop insurance agent. So we're, we're making steps right now, planning to, you know, for those next steps on how we're going to do more with less, how we're going to actually be able to do a better job of serving our customers uh, with less money and with fewer people. There's been a lot of concern from not only domestic customers but international customers about the fact that we've had a much shorter crop this year of corn and soybeans than many had anticipated. What's the biggest misperception that uh, international customers may have about our ability to produce uh, corn and soybeans in this country? Well, I, I think, you know, when everyone looked at the magnitude of the drought in the early forecast, uh, I think there was a great deal of concern about our ability to supply uh, our, our foreign customers. Uh, we have a history of being a reliable supplier, number one. Uh, number two, having supplied great products. Um, but, you know, we need to put it into proper perspective. You know, we're still going to have over a 10 billion bushel corn crop, which is still one of the top 10 corn crops that we've had in the United States. So we're still producing a tremendous volume of corn as well as, as soybeans. Uh, yes, I mean, our domestic usage has increased over the past few years, and our foreign sales are up. Uh, but we still produce an awful lot of grain in this country even in, in light of this, this, this drought that we experienced this year. Let me go back to Russia for a second. Obviously, they can produce a lot of commodity products that they export, but what are the major areas that we can gain in if we have uh, better trade relations with them? Well, there, there's several areas. Uh, you know, uh, poultry being one. 
uh, there's a there's a potential there to increase our poultry exports to Russia. At one time, they were one of our, if not our top uh, importer of, of U.S. poultry. We've lost some of that market. We need to look at what we can do to regain it. I think uh, our pork market is another market uh, where we can uh, can can see increases there. Uh, there are some other agricultural products, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. There's an opportunity, I think, uh, for uh, increases in those areas as well. So there, there is room for uh, for us to increase in several different areas. Uh, the exports uh, to to Russia currently, um, and, and you know, Russia ex, it's it, itself experienced uh, a bad year this year for wheat production. Uh, so uh, there's there's always some opportunities for for feed grains as well. Thank you very much for being uh, our guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Uh, you're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. This AgriPulse Open Mic was brought to you by Syngenta, which is helping the world's farmers grow more from less while safeguarding our planet. As a technology innovator, Syngenta is doing its part by developing integrated solutions with crop production, seeds, and seed care. See all they're doing at Syngenta.com. I'm Ken Root.